They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I'm your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. Before I get into my very special guests for this evening, I want to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online. Thank you to all of you and to all of my patrons for making it able for me to do these shows, particularly during this pandemic where there's probably a million other things you can be doing with your money that are way better than the silly stuff I do. And for you sticking by me and supporting me is why I still do this. So thank you so much. Um, you can find me at patreon.com slash the chippa. Um, this week's episode, as a lot of them are, is brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline, talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And because, as I always say when they're on, nepotism is very real on this show, the Geeks with Shields and... Um, is he also a Geeks with Shields or no. just a friend of the no. Geeks with Shields um, are here tonight? So the Geeks with Shields and Wretched. So guys, introduce yourselves to the interwebs. Uh, so I'm going to real quick. Uh, I'm Axel Wright and Ulrich, we need to do some more episodes about comics. I know we got like eight projects currently in the uh, the works, but just to make that intro a little more. Because how long has it been since we did a comic episode? A long time. But I want I, 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 like, I like the intro so much when you do some. Anyway, yeah. So I'm, I'm Axel Wright. Ulrich, you just heard speaking, and another geek with S.H.I.E.L.D. who is a, a, a recurring guest, although it's been a while just because of timing, is uh, our yeah. friend Wretched Giraffe. Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Wretched, thank you so much for joining. We have we have a lot to unpack tonight, so we're just adding people. It's going to be great. <laughs> I didn't mean to talk over you, Ulrich, but uh, I, I'm have, I have a rum in my hands, and so this is going to be loosey-goosey. <laughs> Axel can't hold his liquor. I can't. I admit that fully. But it means I'm a cheap date, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So. yeah <laughs> we are multiple geeky men late in the evening drinking over the internet. Nothing bad could happen here. <laughs> of course not. So, Talking about a, thing, uh... um, I don't know how you want to introduce, but so tonight we're, we're doing more of a, something that we, we do with Chris a lot, right, which is Warhammer talk. But what's interesting about tonight, from my perspective, is we're talking, uh, we're talking a, a specific topic that on our show, the Geeks with Shields podcast, the first episode we ever did of Warhammer 40K was about the same topic, except I was the one being taught, and Wretched was our guest teaching us about it. So you have a similar kind of mirror thing to me. Looking so. at those guys, and I'm like, I was watching them back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was telling them about the chaos back before it was cool. And now, back, back in my day. Now, back then, we made the mistake of calling, or I made the mistake of calling Wretched an expert, and the community let us have it. Because <laughs> no one here is an expert. We are all just fans. I mean, After I that, we totally redid the format. As an expert. That's yeah. on them. <laughs> it didn't matter. We redid the format after that. Like, okay, that's enough of that. We're not doing that again. Retool. Oh, communities. Communities yeah. on the internet are wonderful. And now they all get to go to you and complain. Um, actually, the correct pronunciation of that god's name is... There will be them. Trust me. They're oh, there. no. I know. I know. Why hey, we, can't we, we all just like stuff? 
We got ahead of that in our book club when I was like, I'm going to say uh, Abaddon, even though I know people pronounce it Abaddon. I don't care. I'm going to say it the way I'm going to say it. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't know if I told you this, but speaking of the book club, so who, whoever, um, I forget the guy's name, but the guy who did the book on tape for both of those books was fantastic, but he pronounced so many of them differently from the way that you did when you yep. guys were talking that I had to go, who is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, carcassy or like, you know, and all these things that I'm like, it, it's just so funny. And so I didn't know how to write any of them. So when I was trying to send you guys like messages talking about, I'm like, how do you spell that guy's name? I say carcassy, but if you say carcassy, then that's fine. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like our names. It's just tequila. And then you just put. Oh, yeah. Fun, fun thing. There's a race called the Tau where if you take the word tequila and put a hyphen anywhere, in it, you make a town name. That's a town name. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good to me, man. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about the Tau. We're here to talk about uh, the most important faction that isn't the Imperium. The best boys. Well, in your no. best boys. And we can and we can talk about them now because I've kind of encountered them in, yeah, in, in my reading. We are talking about the forces of chaos, specifically, you know, the the warp side of it, and you'll get what I mean. At another point in time, but uh, as I I don't even know how we normally start these. I my brain is fuzzy right now. But I think before we get into um, the details, because you have kind of been introduced to them, and this is mostly you know about teaching you and whatnot and learning and and having fun. I want uh, just give us the lowdown on at this point what your understanding of chaos is. Like everything you just comes to mind. Yeah, of course. So it it's been really interesting because when when they encountered um, Samus on uh, the the um, the Imperial guy who had been changed into, I'm assuming by some sort of chaos demon, um, into this Samus thing that was drawing people in, you know, the the kind of linchpin Jubal. thing that yeah that started off all of the downfall of all this stuff in the book and Loken questioning everything and the people getting you know. Um, their their shell shock you know from all of this and everything it was interesting to me because when he went back to um horace and kind of gave the you know what went down and horace kind of gave his like explanation of what it was you know there there's stuff in the warp you know and it, the explanation he gave i even then just because you know knowing that the book is called the horace heresy i don't know what now I'm getting an idea of what the fuck Horace is going to do, but I still <laughs> know that I know nothing. But, um, you know, I, I even though he was so charismatic and I liked him so much, I didn't trust what he said. So I'm still not sure if I fully get what it is, even though I've been exposed, because we had that. And then Let we had that real, real quick. Yeah. From, from my perspective, Horace at that point was being honest. Just he was not as knowledgeable as he should have been, but that's a conversation for another time. And, so. and, and, and I guess that's kind of the, you know, after seeing, you know, the, the temptation and, you know, switch of Horace, you know, w w the, the breaking down of the good parts of him and the amplification of the bad parts, you know, as, as you know, the setup seems to have been um, done to him there. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I do believe that, that he honestly felt he was telling the truth, but I didn't know if I could trust him. And, and so it, it made, you know, that kind of get stuck in my head as a, this could be all bullshit kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So even when we get to the warp and we start witnessing things and, and even prior to that, um, 
when uh, they go to the moons of Davin and there's those, um, you know, zombified Imperial guard and just that horrifying, incredibly well detailed and documented and written um, section. It's like, okay, there's some exposure to, I'm assuming either chaos demons or some magic or control by a chaos demon um, or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then we get to the actual warp and I see the temptations there, but still in my mind, okay, how much of that is the warp and chaos and how much of that is that, you know, um, that thing that was being done, you know, what was his name? Um, Erebus. Yeah. Erebus. Who's like there, you know, how much of that is also a facade on top of, you know, what's already there. I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really interesting to me. It, Right now, I look at it as it's this universe's explanation for anything otherworldly. But <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm mean, right. Yeah, that's that's basically it in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, the books have done such a great job of keeping everything kind of grounded in, you know, okay, it's it's you know it's space war, but it's grounded in space war tropes and things that you know are very human. So anytime we're with things alien, they're very, very alien. And the human stuff is very, very human. And it's in a like it's in a box of sci-fi that I'm used to and comfortable with. But I haven't really seen much sci-fi that does this like, okay, well, there could be religion, but it's could be this chaos thing, and it could be bad for them to worship the emperor as a god, but that also might be the thing that's able to stave off the chaos. So that might be good, or it might be that they're both bad. It's just this very, like, extra level that I I was expecting based on, you know, our, our, our hearing the writings of Carcassi and him walking around on that planet and seeing the old churches and stuff and everything Loken questioned, you know, set me up for the story to go this way. But I'm still completely in the dark as to what exactly it all means and what it all does other than it definitely was able to sway Horace into being a freaking evil son of a bitch. And, and, and I want to see more, but also again, they've done a great job of keeping us from the emperor and yeah. only explaining people's reactions to what he's done. So I'm still on that weird side of, okay, Horace just did a bunch of bad stuff being influenced by chaos, but is he wrong about the emperor? <laughs> I don't know. And so it puts me in that weird position of since the book is already like heresy, Chris, <laughs> no, 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 but it, it's crazy no, because Chris, you're, you're good. <laughs> no, since the book, since the book has set me up to kind of be, Hey, this charismatic guy that you're going to follow and you're going to fall in love with ends basically being a fucking space Nazi. And then, and then all of the, you know, um, all of the, you know, Loken's guys, the, uh, I'm bad with names tonight. What, what do they call the big beefy? The Astartes? The Astartes. Yeah. All the freaking Astartes who have been humanized and you've been following them for these books. Then they have that great big massacre on the deck, you know, to say, so it's like, no, they don't think of these people <laughs> as equal to them. And that got, it, it just, it makes you question. It makes everything morally and ethically very like all over the place. And I love how they've eased you into um, not being able to feel safe. And I think chaos is a perfect thing to bring in because it's alien and it's different. So as a reader, because you've 
been in the shoes of these people, even though they've done some untrustworthy things, you're still kind of, well, okay, I still think Loken is good, and I still think a couple of these other guys are good, so if they think chaos is bad, then that means chaos is bad. And But I don't know if I can fully trust that. And, it is yeah. all relative, yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, uh, that, that's how I feel right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us in, but I feel like a lot of the, the prime of this conversation uh, I'm gonna give over to to Ulrich and Wretched. So I'm just gonna start out. So we're, um so you know about the warp, right? The warp is, is the basic concept. We've talked many times about how Event Horizon is basically a pseudo <laughs> Warhammer movie because of uh because of the warp. Yeah, so you're right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and we talked in the Eldar about the the birth of Slanesh. So we already yes. got. We already touched on a lot of the stuff. So just for a quick primer for anyone listening that, first of all, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to like our previous ones with Chris, you might be a little out of your depth, but I hope you can follow along. And thank I think you this one's fairly, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the warp every episode that the warp is relevant in. And I think everything else is just kind of stands on its own. Yeah. So for a general, for a general intro, right. The warp right is this uh, this parallel dimension or, or whatever you want to call it, where emotions and souls, because souls are a thing in this universe, uh, they go mostly emotions. That's the important bit. They they flow into the warp from the material universe. It's called the immaterium, and there they they uh, it's like a sea. Well, really, the warp is like a lot of things and not like anything at all. It's a giant. I, I don't follow any conventions or rules. Well, kind of MacGuffin. A lot of, a lot of warp described is like relative to the person going into the warp. So it'll be different for every person. Yeah, because yeah. your emotions affect it and what you think of manifests there. It's like a big scary ocean of thoughts and emotions. It's like the ooze from Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, but the yeah. the ocean's the easy metaphor because basically emotions pool into like sections and those pools form entities. Those entities are what we call demons, essentially. Now, what's important about this conversation is that the entities that are formed from that are composed what we refer to as chaos, but there is very, very specifically four entities that are the primary ones that we are dealing with. They are called the chaos gods, and each one of them is basically the most powerful version of that kind of entity existing in the warp. And they are differentiated from regular demons because, like, regular demons can can manifest in the materium. They usually can, you know, give some power to mortals, but mostly they're just like, I'm gonna consume souls or kill people. I, but I would I would say then, well, the the main four actually have good traits to them, as well as some of the greater demons, the lesser demons and such are exactly the bad that you would think. Yeah, but more importantly, the four chaos gods are also like the 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 rulers. If there is such a thing, if there can be such a thing as a ruler in the warp, it's these four. They have very specific things that they are gods of, and they have very specific areas, quote-unquote, of the warp that they preside over. And generally speaking, if you become a worshipper of the forces of chaos in the Materium, you are picking one or all four, but usually one, of these entities to worship. And uh, important thing about that too, and I'm just going to get this out of the way quickly, the warp and these gods, they feed primarily on emotion and not necessarily faith itself. The faith is a very complicated idea, but like when you look at uh, uh, chaos ships, they usually have like an area where cultists are doing some activity that is itself 
feeding of the gods, not praying necessarily, but like, I don't know, murdering each other or torturing someone. It's like, it's the emotion that really matters. Or reading so, stuff they shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Spreading plagues that they sh definitely shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so the, the important thing to hear, recognize here is that these these entities, right, that we're going to get, we're going to go into detail on each four of them, they don't really actually care that much about the Immaterium, uh, or sorry, about the Materium. They are engaged in something called the Great Game, where they're kind of all against each other, and it's, it's very complicated, but the point is that they turn their attention to the Materium rarely, and only when it really matters. They don't, it's it's kind of like a, a source for them, but not something that they care that much well, about. That Yes and no. Uh, Zincha does one of them very much cares about what's going on. Uh, Exceptions to every rule. Same same thing with uh, with Papa Nurgle. We'll get into him later. He also cares, but for different reasons. So they all they all do care what's going on in the in the materium. It's just like their reasons for caring are so and. They're such big entities that it's only right. like a fraction of their attention is really being paid because it is kind of a dog pile. Like there's a big circular thing of who gets to be on top and the most powerful, and they're so, always fighting to maintain. Well, and so real quick before, because I feel like right about now we're we're going to start getting into specifics here. Before we get into specifics, this, are are we all on board? Specifically, Chris, are you on board with the idea that the 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 warp breeds entities from emotion that there are four specifically that basically preside over everything. And that they're the the big boys that the forces of chaos. At the end of the day, the buck stops at these four. Is that are we on board with this? Yes. All right. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna one more thing we gotta. Okay, one okay. more thing we gotta mention that's very important. Time does not matter in the warp. Right. Well, Every, it does and look, it doesn't. Yeah, that's the yeah. Thing. It, it does and it doesn't because time in the warp is no longer like a straight line. It is a corkscrew. Yeah, it circles on itself. Jeremy Bear's ellipsy. Right. <laughs> it is. It is this giant amalgamation of different strings. Like, it's a Gordian knot. Right. There we is go. Is it um? Is it similar to um to the way Doctor Manhattan was shown to? Um, no. Well, time? There are some. There are some people, some cre uh, content creators online that I've watched who have posited that the only way Warhammer's time scope can work can function as, as the ways is if the entire entirety of time is circular as in everything that is ever going to happen has already happened and then is destined to happen again yeah and that beings who are seeing quote unquote into the future are getting a glimpse of that but it's the the lore is very much non-committal when it comes to they leave it very much up to you the the reader to kind of interpret it as you want and yeah, and they want they want that to happen too because they want you for your your sake of buying our miniatures and stuff, right? They want like you to be able to put your characters in this world. Yeah. And by doing it and leaving it more open ended like that, it's much easier to do. But another reason this is important is because there was a point in time, and we'll get into this, where all the gods had specific quote unquote points in time in which they came into existence. But that's not really true in the lore anymore. The idea is more that the four gods have always existed throughout all of time, but they weren't always necessarily conscious, quote-unquote, and so that they came into consciousness. Even the birth of Slaanesh, which we talked about in the Eldar, is not necessarily a birth, necessarily. The idea is that Slaanesh kind of always existed, but didn't exist in 
its current form until that moment. Well, it's all very iffy. Yeah, one of the one of the terms that like the chaos guys threw around it. That's when they first started touching existence. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Like, they're eldritch yeah. beings in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, they're like eldritch beings. That's that's when they they first started kind of for the Eldar anyway for Slanesh, That that's like the first point when you could like actually be going. Oh, this is Slanesh, right? And all of the gods have that except for one of them. But yeah. so anyway, I feel like at, at that point, yes, <laughs> at that point we should get started. Uh, now, Wretched here used to actually play as the army associated with this first god we're going to discuss. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step down and leave it to to Wretched here. Oh, corn. Uh, uh, yeah. So typically we'll have our corn boys. They're uh, they're red and red and bronze. They're the the crazy screaming. Viking dudes that are just gonna run at you and not care. Well, tell us about Corn himself first. Uh, Corn himself, same thing. Like, <laughs> Burr. Yeah, <laughs> he's known as the Blood God, this the man, Lord of Rage. Yeah, the Lord of Rage. Uh, the freaking he sits on a pile of skulls. His whole domain is people fighting each other and then getting ready to fight each other again. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, another another important thing to remember, it's easy to go through these and be like, I'm stealing this, what I'm about to say from Luton, who is a great content creator, by the way. But it's easy to hear all these gods and be like, why would anyone worship these things? They sound horrible. Every one of these gods, because they're constructed from emotion, they have both a positive and negative side to them. Important to remember. You know, yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah, and like the the big thing too, like I was saying earlier, yeah, a lot of them have people. It's really weird when people are like, "Those are the bad guys in 40k," because you're like, "Well, everybody's the bad guy in 40k." <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But like the big thing about these gods is a lot of them have good aspects. So like Corn is the the honorable warrior, right? And like hates liars and loves honesty. And like respecting your fellow warriors and that kind of stuff, but on the other aspect, you know, he's still the god of murder <laughs> and, and rage and just shedding blood. <laughs> and I like the positive aspects because it kind of it tells the kind of people that fall to corn. They are the honorable, noble warriors, but they also kind of like fighting a bit too much, and that's how corn worms his way in. Is like, hey, I can make you a better fighter, right? Or if. If you fight good here, think about all of the the good fights you could have here when you're done, right? And that's just like that's how all the chaos gods work. They find a chink in the armor and they work their way in. And that's Corn's whole one is you're an angry guy, but I can make you stronger. I can make you more powerful. Just give in to me, you know, my rage. Another thing too, every chaos god will have an opposing one specifically. In Korn's case, there's two that he there's really doesn't two. like. Yeah. So uh, uh, he he doesn't like Zinch, who we'll talk about later. And then you've already heard of Slanesh. He doesn't like Slanesh because you know where Slanesh is all about the pain and pleasure bit. Korn, yeah, oh, yeah. He just cares about the kill. Just just get him. Doesn't like, care whose blood is flowing as long as blood as is as long flowing. as blood is flowing. And I've mentioned before that some players have like catchphrases, right? Like if you're playing the Imperium, you're bound to say, for the Emperor, at some point. If you're uh, playing corn players, and even then, even in memes, you'll hear the phrase, skulls for the skull throne, blood for the blood god. Or in the mm -hmm. other direction, I don't remember. Yeah. But 
That's the, that's corn's thing. Yeah, blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. I said but, it backwards. I'm sorry. <laughs> Close enough. I'm not a corn player. He's hey, the corn man, player. Hey man, you're good. I'm not a corn player either. Right you, now. Well, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> you I think I'm the only corn player in the call then, because I play like corn. corn Age, of right now? Age of Sigmar. I play uh, Blades of Corn. Well, that's because the models in Age of Sigmar are cool, all right? <laughs> yeah, they are. And <laughs> corn's the only god I like. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a look at some of the corn models here, and they are freaking sweet. Uh, look up uh, a skull taker. That's that's the that's real my, good one. That, yep, best boy. <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, skull taker's <laughs> the coolest. Yeah, so corn demons tend to look well, very very classic demony. Lots of red, lots of and blood. Speaking and of skull taker, he's a he's a fancy blood letter, <laughs> which is like the base level of corn demon. Uh, and it, I don't know if this is still lore, but like in some original tellings, corn was the inspiration for the devil. I don't know if they've retconned that now, but I know that used to be the case. Yeah, yes and no. Um, I would say nowadays Slaanesh is more akin to like what we'd look at for the devil. But Yeah, but the early Judeo-Christian of, you know, horns, right. flames, hooves. Yeah, because they're horns... Got swords riding around. <laughs> like, funny yeah. thing, if you're playing corn on the table, then you have completely. Uh, there are like three ways to quote unquote fight on the tabletop with bullets, with melee, or with psychic. And if you're playing corn, you're like, fuck bullets and fuck psychic. I'm just yeah. doing melee things. Yeah. It, it, I, like, well, that's not true. You have the Skull Cannon, which is a cool little demon engine. I don't know if we talked about demon engines before, but it goes around and eats up skulls and then shoots them while on fire at the enemies. Yeah. It, like, you basically, though, the, the big thing about that was, yeah, you gave those two up, and then you'll look at the, the person playing Psychers and be like, no. Because <laughs> that's this thing. Corn hates magic and hates psychers. That's why, that's why he doesn't like Zinch. Because he doesn't he doesn't like that the power is coming from an exterior source, not the person, right? So that that's one of the biggest things about him and being an honorable warrior is he thinks that magic is basically cheating. Gosh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. And then at the top of the demon pyramid are things called bloodthirsters. Ugh, the big boys. <laughs> and if memory serves, there are eight ranks of them because yes. that's his sacred number. Yep. And they just get bigger and meaner and angrier as you go up the li- up the ranking. And they all have names like Bloodthirster of Incessant Rage, Bloodthirster of well, Stomp so, Your Day. Yeah, um, I forget his name, but there is there is one named Bloodthirster, and he oh, is the blank top. on the name. Uh, Scarbrand. Um, yes, thank you. Yeah, and Scarbrand is... He pissed Corn off, so (laughs) Corn threw him from the top of the citadel, the brass citadel, until his, you know, wings burned off and reduced him to just a rage machine. Sidebar, that's what Corn's realm is called, the brass citadel. The brass citadel. The brass citadel. It sounds very metal, doesn't it? It does. It come with me to the brass citadel. Everything about Corn is that, you know, heavy metal... If you type in Corn. If you type in corn in the Google, like literally one of the first images pops up is just him sitting on his throne yep. in Brass Citadel. It's one of the yep. coolest pictures. So with his with his sword that is said to destroy planets in a single swing. He's got a very uh, um, Sauron look in a lot of those images. Yes, 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 he totally does. Yes, he definitely does. <laughs> oh, another thing that differentiates the the Chaos Gods from Chaos Dudes, I think I kinda mentioned this, but they are so powerful 
they can't manifest in the material, or at least we've never seen them do anything like right. that. Which they, is which is typically why they will make demon princes and stuff to do their influence because they can't actually show up in the material. And the reason that they can't is really up in the air. A lot of people are like, well, it's the emperor keeping them in there. And the right. explanation I have always heard is it's not their dimension and they have to bleed part of the warp into our dimension, which is why demons can't stay here permanently. They need that influence. It's a really interesting question um, if, because of my minimal um, exposure to it so far. Is You said that um, Corn, this particular guy, doesn't like magic. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me because my, and again, this, is, this could be my limited knowledge, is my understanding of magic in this universe up till now since it was a very, um, you know, it, the the whole Imperium of Man was trying to get rid of it, basically get rid of religion, get rid of magic, and I took that as all of those things spawned from the um, y- utilizing the warp itself. Like it wasn't really something that we could do in our material world. It was y- you doing something using the warp to pull it off. So, um, and again, I could be wrong. You're but not. Just, yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. There are obviously exceptions, or again, uh, well, exceptions like, to every rule, like. Yeah, like, Korn hates magic, but that doesn't mean he's going to say no to magic that brings his demons into a battle so they can kill things. It's right, like he's right, 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 right. Gotcha. It's a loophole, because also, he, also he not needs even that. Thing that, like, that, to him, also might not even be magic, right? Right. So it's just opening a door. Right, and it's, it's kind of like, uh, when you guys get into the Necron discussion... We like, talked about them, didn't we? Not yet. We we, we mentioned them, but we didn't have we didn't talk about them in full yet. They've got a big bit on the the Catan, which is like their their. We'll gods. talk about them. Yeah, when later. you guys get to that, then like we'll really kind of clear up the like the standard of magic, because magic in this universe is the I forget the law right when when technology is so advanced. Oh, when te- uh, yeah, when technology is so advanced that you see it as it's as, indistinguishable from magic. Right, and like. To them, this could just be something along those lines, if that makes sense. Magic in the material. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's like the the main points of corn. Without getting into more spoilery territory. Yeah, I tried. I'm I'm so tiptoeing around stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Chris, thoughts on corn? Um, badass. <laughs> um, evil, evil motherfucker, but but badass. Um. I, I really like the imagery, um, and I, you know, this is. I like the order, and I don't know if the order was intentional or not, but I like well, the order generally because. Speaking, sorry, Chris. Really, it like it's unknown, but most people accept that Corn was the first one to come into consciousness. Okay, because I was going to say it when you hear the but, word like the things I was envisioning. Oh no, he was two. That's right. Sorry. Sorry, repeat that, Chris. That's right. The things I was envisioning when early on when we started talking about chaos were things that looked like this. You know, they they have a it definitely parallels the armor and the war style of you know, remember how I said that the you know the Imperial Guard looked so different from everything I had been seeing because the Astartes and the other things we had talked about have a bit more of like an overly large plated, you know, metal bombast to mm-hmm. it whereas the imperial guard just looked like someone stuck world war ii in space yeah um and uh so this this is you know 
it, it this kind of eases me into the imagery because you know I, I did a quick look through some of the others and there's flat out just straight up demons in some of the <laughs> other ones right so this yeah. is an interesting this is a very humanoid demon look to these well they're very i would say for lack of a term classic like yeah. corn demons in my experience feel very classic judeo-christian demon imagery Yep. So if you were, if you think of a demon, this is what a demon looks the like. Cast, yeah. The cast down warrior man that has been over overly changed and shaped and warped by by the demon. Look. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's kind of implied it's a reflection of people's, you know, uh subconscious belief towards war and conflict. Yeah. It kind of shapes them. Because that's like all the lesser demons are just it's like I guess the best way to describe it is they're a part of corn, but like to less like they're cast off from him. Well, that's like another thing, part too, of his because, because Korn feeds on bloodlust and violence and bloodshed, uh, he is also generally accepted to be the most powerful of the Chaos Gods, because this is literally a universe where the entire premise of why this was created was for wargaming, and this is a galaxy of war. <laughs> yeah, and whether the Imperium likes it or not, they're feeding into him either way. Like, yeah. All right, so we can move on to uh, the next one, which uh, I don't think any of us play him, but he's easily... Well, I it, know it, a couple players. Me in high school would have played this guy because I was really into his... his yeah, Father Nurgle's great. Yeah, his name I is hate Nurgle. Nurgle. I hate Nurgle with a burning passion. You hate Father him? Nurgle. Oh, he, he's gross, and if fighting him on the tabletop is a pain in the ass. Yeah, so here's the thing. He's, he he's adorable. What are you talking about? His intestines are hanging out. Actually, You've heard in the book a, a reference to Nurgle, although they called him Nurgleth, essentially. Yep. So so Nurgle was, in a way, the first one to kind of appear in these books. So, oh, uh, by the way, side note. In old lore, Korn was born during the like the Crusades of the Middle Ages. That's not true anymore, but just interesting side note. I mean, and because of the way that the warp works, that's still possibly true. Yeah, It's well, still it's, listed on the lexiconum, so I still count it as lore. Yeah, so Nurgle, same deal. Nurgle, the old lore is that he was born during the Black Death, but now it's it's more iffy that. But it leads to what is the important thing about Nurgle. Nurgle, who's also called uh, Papa Nurgle, Grandfather Nurgle, the Lord of Decay, or the Fly Lord, or my personal favorite, the Lord of Pestilence. Yep. He is pretty much right there on the can, what he's all about. <laughs> so, Yeah, and his picture definitely... Uh... Sells all of those things. Nurgle's yeah. just unpleasant. I so don't like him. Well, see, that's that's the hard part because Nurgle, while he is unpleasant, he's he loves uh, you. Yeah, he loves you. Yeah. He, that, he he is that state of something that's going to happen, right? Everything's going to die, but he's also the god of rebirth. Well, not like, really. That's hold on. That's that's a little. You're getting a little zinchi there, I think. Well, no, no. So Nurgle's negative aspects, the things that he's most commonly associated with, death. Decay, stagnation, and destruction of some sort. But the positive spin on that is because he's all about stagnation and death and decay, he's also about the the certainty that everything will die, everything will decay, so there's peace in that. And that peace leads to a freedom of, I don't have to worry, because everyone's going to end up decaying anyway. Everything is going to decay, so why you know be concerned about it, essentially? Well, I mean, and another thing is, though, he's also the god of survival, because he... He's one of those things that will, like, it his biggest die. tip to get people is, oh, you don't want to die. 
I can help you with that. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, and he's, he's the, the one that starts God. the plagues that make you want to die. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, I can make that stop. He mm-hmm. is the chaos god that will promise you an ending life. He, that literally, it's best exemplified in that second book when Horus fights what is essentially a champion of Nurgle, which is perfectly exemplified. That oh yeah, he's walking around on a broken uh, ankle with his bone sticking out, but he doesn't feel it because that's what Nurgle does. Your body may be all messed up and decaying and gross, but you were just gonna be in that. You're never gonna end. You're just stuck in that forever. He is very. It's all about things being still and not moving, not changing, just de- constant decay. He yes. also fills you with giant maggots. That's <laughs> gross <laughs> and wrong. Well, it's, it's piggybacking off what Axel said, the, that's also why his biggest adversary is Zinch, the god of change, because he's all yeah. about the, you know, Zinch is, let's move things around, let's shake things up, let's see what's going on, and Nurgle's like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. So, oh, and uh, I, I um, so the whole thing, again, these gods feed on emotions, right? So, like, Corn obviously fed on anger and bloodlust. Nurgle feeds on despair and hopelessness. And I know, that sounds, yeah. I, I know that sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but there really are two separate things here in regards to this. Despair being, like, utter sadness and hopelessness being, like, that feeling of literally giving up. Like, yeah. there is that, that feeling of there is no hope. And this is just the way things are, and that is the kind so, of thing that Nurgle feeds on. Yeah, one of my buddies, like the way he described it, and he's a Death Guard player. Oh. Uh, he described it as like Nurgle is the person that would feed off of the the mom watching her sick child, right? Because oh. the kid knows, like the kid's feeding Nurgle because the kid knows that he's going to die, and the mom is feeding Nurgle because the mom doesn't know, like can't save him, right? Yeah, so that's, that's the kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. That is the thing that Nurgle feeds on. Well, that and is people's, like severely yes. unpleasant. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now the joke, uh, the reason why we call him Papa Nurgle or Grandfather Nurgle, the reason why we say things like Nurgle loves you, is because of the idea that Nurgle tends to be a lot more hands-on for his champions. And what I mean by that is, if you become a quote-unquote champion of Nurgle, he's going to fill you with disease and decay but he's gonna keep you alive so that he's also kind of a jovial god like he legitimately does think that oh you need to be with me if you're with me you'll be happy and i just want you to be happy and it's very gross but (laughs) again maggots the size of terriers i uh perfect (laughs) yeah I um I sent you guys my favorite picture that came up with the Papa Nurgle Nurgle wants search. Hugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you right. <laughs> yeah. well, he totally I guess, does. I guess that segues great into his lesser demons. He has two forms of lesser demons, and well, Nurgling that real quick. Okay. His realm is called the Garden of Nurgle, which is itself a nonsense. <laughs> it's a nonsense term, but it. <laughs> if you imagine like trees covered well, in ooze and maggots. So and, actually, it. It depends, because a portion of his garden is actually, like, regrowing. And the reason that he does this is so that he can continuously keep creating things that destroy. But if he destroys too much, he understands that it no longer, he can't do what he's doing. So that's why a lot of people still throw him under the rebirth bit. Okay. This is another reason why, am I allowed to talk about Aishta? 
Is that yeah? Isha is covered. That's an elder god. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we already talked Eldar, so that kind of stuff. Okay, fine. I, I'm just I'm just making sure that yeah. everything's kosher. Uh, so this is another reason why he captured her from Slanesh. Ishtar, by the way, is the Eldar god of healing. Okay, uh, because she heals at an incredible rate. So he goes and makes a new terrible disease, and then gives it to her, and then she can speed heal it basically. And then tries to whisper the well. At least this is what it said. She whispers the like the cures back to the world. So again, he's he's more of like a god of a cycle. <laughs> well, that's why Nurgle's almost always depicted in front of a great cauldron because he's yep. he's brewing up his he's new cooking it up <laughs> in this cauldron. So yeah. anyway, sorry. Go ahead with the great unclean ones. Or... Yeah, well, lesser demons like Nurglings are kind of a, I believe become a very comedy bit. And Games Workshop's kind of leaned into that, but they're these small little miniature versions of Nurgle, and they're very they're they're, much, they're very joke they're like gremlins honestly. Yep. Like in how the models are painted and how they are depicted, they're very jovial and they're they're booger monsters. But Nurgle players have a great affinity for them. The other one, which is you've encountered, are poxwalkers, which are yes. just kind of zombies with the rictus grin a lot of the time. Yeah who like to just spout off different diseases. And it turns out uh, a lot of those diseases that they say are ones that they have. Yeah, so like all those things that they fought on Davin were probably poxwalkers. Yeah, they certainly uh, look like the things that were described on Davin. And I mean, zombies would be kind of boring, but I do like the little twist of they have a big rictus grin. They're perpetually smiling. Yeah, no, I, I love far. that about them. And that is a deeply unsettling thing. It's like, ooh, that makes them a little bit creepier. Especially when they eat custodies to death. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like and... the ones with the creepy-ass, like, um, crow trench coats. Yeah, no. And their, their uh, greater demons are called, I mentioned before, great unclean ones. They're which so are cool. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much look like a slightly smaller version of Nurgle, and uh, from what I've read, they're really fun to put together in paint, because you can just do weird stuff, like not attach an arm, and it works perfectly fine. Well, you have to not attach an arm, because a lot of their paints, because of the way that they are, they're just so big, and the, their arms are kind of like not nearly as big, so if you want to get the under bits, it's kind of a pain. But yeah, they're they're something special, and a lot of times Nerglings in them. Yep. They all kind of remind me of Clown from Spawn. Very yeah, much. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of an overrepresentation of Nurgle, of Nurgle because there also are you know demons of Nurgle that are you know stripped with famine. Because, again, that kind of ties into his whole thing. But they typically are bloated corpses a lot of the time yep. with entrails and shit. But you do you do occasionally get ones, you know, that are just walking, shambling, you know, starved corpses and all the very all the, the different flavors of death and or slow death, specifically. And flies. Lots, Lots of big of flies. flies. Oh, yeah. He's called the Lord of Flies for a reason. Well, I mean, he yeah. doesn't <laughs> flies than fly around. Yeah. So, uh, so before we move on to the next one, thoughts on Nurgle? Disgusting. Do we, do we do his number? Oh, his number? What's his number? Uh, I believe seven. his number was seven. seven. Yeah. What does this mean? They, uh, just all the gods have sacred numbers. And it just okay. kind of shows It means up. that their rituals tend to be based around them and stuff. It's more just an interesting side thing. So, Well, and a lot of times... So, back in the day, and like... This could be something that was just off-put told to me, but a lot of times you could, you could field them based off their number. 
Oh, so oh, all right. it's coming to the demons. You like you'd be like, oh, I'm Nurgle. I could have seven Nurglings in this squad. Like I'm not That's sure neat. if it's true anymore, but that used to be a thing. And I never looked at how to build a chaos army, so I can't say. Well, let me tell you, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. You should do it. It's fun. All right. Anyway, so we're uh, so Chris. Thoughts on Nurgle? Disgusting, but um, <laughs> but really, but really cool. Um, from a you know design standpoint. Um, I, I've been scrolling through all the different ways people paint Nurgle and the Nurglings and things, and it's there's a lot of um, creativity. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's but it's okay. disgusting. Th- this, uh, this 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 thing is nightmare fuel. Right. Do yourself right here. a favor and look up uh, Sassy Nurgling real quick. I did. Oh, no, don't I do did. that to him. <laughs> it was already here. <laughs> okay, that was like that was one of everyone's favorite models the year that came out. That got used on so many Nurgle models. I see that. You got to show me later. <laughs> oh my god! I'll send it. <laughs> All right, so we ready to move on to the next god on the list? Now the next oh, god, please. The list, next god on the list is literally the one wretched is the best currently one? running an army for the the god of Rube Goldberg devices. Yeah. <laughs> The god of Rube Goldberg devices? Which one's this? According to my plan. Oh, sassy nerd. Everything is according to plan. Anyway, his name is Zinch. Yes. Go ahead, Richard. He is the changer of ways, the lord of lies, the great conspirator, the freaking lord of fate, which is... Eh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he is so awesome. Uh... This man, like I said, he's the, the Rube Goldberg god. So what they were talking about earlier, like, back when the gods had ways of making, or how they came to be, right? His way of coming to be was freaking uh, going and putting together this device that makes him exist, which is great. He's the god that would find different ways to have people attack each other so he can get the colonel's secret recipe. Like... <laughs> This man, Knowledge God. Oh yeah, he's he's so good. He he is the most eldritch and the hardest, in my opinion, to find different lore tidbits on. He's also the hardest to describe. Uh, well, that's because he's changing and he changes based off of whoever's looking at him. Is one of his big things. Uh, his another big thing is he's uh, the god of magic. He's what you would think when you see the wizard shooting spells in this universe. He's the guy that's supplying the juice, right? Uh, give us his negative and positive aspects. Okay, negative and positive aspect. Everything is positive aspect. <laughs> I feel like you're not objective about this. <laughs> Rose tinted glasses. Well, so then, real quick, just his negative aspects as we wrote them down are uh, he's lies, upheaval, madness, and sorcery. <laughs> and motivation. You left his out positives are ambition, hope, change, knowledge, intrigue. An evolution. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, he is one of the one of the biggest things. That it's said that if Zinch ever puts his mind on you, then you will start changing in some way. So a lot of uh, a lot of his followers will tend to take different shapes, typically birds and fish. He really likes birds. <laughs> oh man, yeah. my man's loves birds. <laughs> and. Teeth and hands and eyes where eyes shouldn't be, and yeah, oh yeah, definitely lots of mouths and eyes where yes. eyes are not supposed to be. He's easily the most Lovecraftian of them. Yeah, all. yeah I love it. I'm, I am way. This is way up my alley. All these pictures <laughs> See? I'm seeing. See? The most, the most. Chris? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
It's funny because the most common picture I see of of Zinch represented has him like doing this kind of meditation thing, and he's got like yeah. a, a mouth where his crotch is. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that picture uh, that picture is actually the the boy that lets people into his domain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he has a demon that lets people into the crystal labyrinth, and he asks them questions. And if they can answer the questions correctly, uh, he'll let them in because his biggest thing is. Zinch has this weird bit going on where he has different cool sorcerers of the day <laughs> where, where Tim will be his number one, and then he's like, oh, Tim didn't get my Rube Goldberg marble to hit the Tau, so the Tau aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, so now I won't get the fuck secret him. recipe. So fuck him. <laughs> Jeff, you're up. <laughs> so, so Zinch feeds primarily on ambition, and the desire for change itself. So he looks like a, he looks like if a Skeksis was badass. A lot of his stuff is very Skeksis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because the Skeksis, the Skeksis come off as very um, and it, it it's the point, right? They come off as very like used up, like blood dry, like old, you know, staunchy. Like just disgusting things, and this guy looks like no. This is like if, if a Skeksis was like a warlord, and like <laughs> like I I love this image. Oh, yeah. Well, another, so another funny thing, thing, like the other chaos <laughs> gods have forms that are more or less established, but Zeech by his very nature doesn't really have one. Yeah, form. He, he's 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 been seen as a he or a she, uh, in wonderful robes and will change colors. Uh, has been seen as nothing but a cloud of warp fog that changes everything it touches. Oh. And seen as a giant bird. <laughs> like, That's the common one you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Typically giant bird. Well, the, the reason that it's a giant bird, if you look at like... He likes the, birds. Yeah. He <laughs> like, the man likes birds, all right? Uh, well, and if you look at his greater demons, the Lords of Change, uh, they are giant bird men who can see like tidbits of the future. But the cool thing about them is they can see like everything that you're going to do to them. So if you're going to punch them or kick them, they're like, oh, I know that you're going to... I know your moves, Sonya. But the problem is they can't perceive it quick enough for it to matter. Oh, that's a sound clip for the ages right there. <laughs> and uh, and as we established, he hates Nurgle because Nurgle's all about stagnation. Zinch is all about change. Right. Nurgle's about making it like everything is set and decided. He's all about, hey, he's also the one that has the most interest in what's going on with humanity. No, I feel like Zinch, by his very nature, is the one most likely for, like, a guardsman who doesn't like his, you know, troop to yeah. fall to. Because yeah. if you're, like, sitting there like, man, I wish I could, like, I could take over, or, or I could, like, <laughs> revolt. It's like, oh, there's Zinch right in your uh, ear. That's more slenish. I'd say Zinch yeah. is the guy that's reading way too many books, and it's like... I shouldn't read this book with a with a you know human face on the front. So actually, what if I did? Actually, so. actually, Ulrich, there there are multiple stories where Zinch will be like, "I'm going to take this guardsman. I'm going to make him a commissar just to see what happens." Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're talking pride and ambition. That's Lanesh's territory. So now, when when you say Zinch is most cares about the material realm, does he mm -hmm. care about manipulating and influencing 
humanity or humanity in the Xenos, or is he just interested in the workings of the material realm? Side note, real quick, the with the exception of Slanesh, the other three gods generally are very if they if if they are interested in the material realm, they tend to be most interested in humanity. That's really just because humanity is so widespread and so big. Yeah. Well, they also were also very passionate and easy to manipulate, and we have big, tasty souls. And that's so they're interested for food, like so. And again, you don't have to answer this right now if you don't want to. But one of the biggest things that has been said to um, people that have encountered chaos in the um, in the warp in the books so far has been reminding them that we don't have interest in your humanity. Do you know what I mean? Flat out lie. I I figured. I figured, and that's why I'm. And and so I'm wondering, like, what is the interest really? Is it just to cause us to hurt and hate and kill more, so they have more souls, or is it like to take over? Well, it's more. It's more. They only exist because the warp is fed with emotion. So, like, example, if the Tyranids, who we've talked about, took over the entire galaxy and cleansed it of life. No one knows exactly what would happen, but chances are good it wouldn't be good for the forces of chaos because there'd be no more sentient life feeding emotion right. into the world. Well, and that's that's the big thing that I was like trying to answer the previous question of like why why he he cares basically is Zinch doesn't care like what happens to a particular person, but as a whole he does because it's it's super entertaining to him and it's like the ultimate puzzle, right? Gotcha. Like, because that's that's what he does. Like, going back to what we were saying with the guy that lets people in, like, one of the biggest things he does is when he lets people in is he, he tests them with different, like, here's the book with the faces on it written in blood. <laughs> like, ooh, are you going to read it? <laughs> Next thing you know, you've got, like, 50 eyes and you're scrambling around a labyrinth. Like... <laughs> More reasons for you to Bloodborne. Sorry. <laughs> and it was each his mind. Like, well, I improved your design. Pretty sure five hands and no thumbs is not an improvement, but you do you, bro. <laughs> you can do a lot of clapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what are we... There, there are lots of things I could do with five hands and no thumbs. Well, remember, slap someone a lot. Well, remember <laughs> I said earlier that that's that it's implied at least loosely that this the whole thing is circular, that the entire universe is basically circular. Zinch is the one who seems to have the most information mm-hmm. on how that might function. That's because of his boy Kairos, man. Yeah. So, anyway, and his uh, his lesser demons, which you'll see a lot of, are uh, just called horrors. Mm-hmm. They have various colors. The pink horrors. Well, it, what was it? Blue blue horrors become pink horrors? Yeah, um, because I think the line is, pink horrors are oh so much fun, where once there was uh, one, now there are two. Yeah. Tentacles. Because when you... Lots well, of you, yeah, well, when you kill a pink whore, they automatically split into two blue whores. Right. And they throw what's yeah. called change fire. Yeah. Which, uh, Wretched, you want to detail what change fire does? Oh, my God. <laughs> Depends. Like, it can do all sorts of things. It can create flamers. It can... Uh, well, let's say when you're hit with it. Like, if you were a guardsman and you got hit with changing fire. Uh, in the newest edition, I think, then it, does it mortal wounds? Well, I was talking more in the lore. It causes you to mutate rapidly and un, you know, with no real uh, rhyme or reason. Would you say, Ulrich, that it was probably a horror, like maybe even a blue horror that popped out of the library? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that was definitely... Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to ask that, but I, I, I didn't want to uh, blow yeah. that. Yeah, I was pretty sure that that was a Zinch demon, and uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a horror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. And really if it throws gone. fire, <laughs> if it throws multicolored fire, it's probably Zinch. Yeah, because typically you're you're knowing that that's another thing with uh, wait, can't talk about them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, can't talk. Don't talk about that. Uh, I know you were going to say. How do I? So, so Wretched's army is literally an army he can't talk about at all. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. It's related, but he can't say who so they are. It's related. Can't say a word. <laughs> That'll come later. Yeah. Anyway, well, when you guys talk about that, please bring me back. Yeah, no, you, you're well. If you're ever around for these, you are welcome to come on every time. This is a blast. Sweet. Well, just in the interest of, we still got more to cover. Right. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I could talk about Zinch all day. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> what are your feelings on Zinch? We move on. Oh, I like. I like Zinch. <laughs> this is, and I'm glad. I'm glad that it ended up in the. Um, this is probably what came out in that. Uh, in that room, because I wanted to be able to put some sort of visual to it. Um, so this is really cool. I, I like this. This is. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like the design. I, th- I think his design is really cool, even though it's ever changing. And I, it's, it's my. It looks like a power metal cover, and that <laughs> yeah. makes oh, yeah, me really happy. Totally I mean, a lot of Warhammer does, but this in particular has the right color scheme for it. Well, I would say it's almost like Warhammer is metal in general, but different aspects of Warhammer are different kinds of metal because, as we've established, metal has more subgenres than like any genre yes. of music. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Lady Arcana right now, and that's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, so so our next god is actually Slagathor's army. Yep. So so I'm going to leave this one to Ulrich. Yep. All right. Uh, the next god is Slanesh, which we talked about a little bit with the Eldar. In yes, that we did. Slanesh was birthed out of a murder orgy. <laughs> Galaxy-wide murder Love orgy. It. Please. Love it. Yeah. Uh, her, the names are She Who Thirsts, the Prince of Pleasure, Lord of Dark Delights, uh, aspects. The big ones are ex- excess, hedonism, debauchery, pain, extremism. But the positives are pleasure, perfection, emotion, ambition, pride. And well, I'd say that, that's tricky because ambition kind of comes down to zinch a lot, and pride is very closely yeah. connected to corn. There are but, well, anyway. There's all overlaps. gods have overlaps. There's all yeah. kind of overlapping so sections. Let <laughs> anyway, uh, talk about the opposing god is corn. Uh, sacred number is six. Now, real quick, the the reason. Sorry to keep interrupting. The reason why we kind of mentioned this already, but the reason why she opposes corn. Corn's all about kill, kill, kill. Do it fast. Spill blood. Yeah, Whereas Slanesh is like, I want your pain and your suffering or your pleasure to last as long as possible. Uh, I think the Cenobites. And you've got. Oh Slanesh. yeah, yeah. Slanesh, it, it it has a Cenobite look, and it's also like this is you know the chaos god of the entire goth movement. <laughs> yeah, and Slanesh well, kind of gets I like aligned it. a lot with just ha-ha-ha, sexy stuff, BDSM, ha-ha-ha. Well, because ha, Slanesh ha. is the god of sex. But, is, but there's also a lot of art, things. Well, art, music, creativity, all of that also falls under Slanesh. Yeah. And that's where uh, we get the he, positives in that Slanesh likes artists because they'll whisper in their ear like, hey, you're good but you could be better. And they will be just driven to the insanity of trying to get to that better until, well, just wait till we read Fulgrim. That's all about nasty Slanesh stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, in, in Slanesh too, like I was saying earlier, 
I think is like the the more depiction of like the Christian devil at the moment, right? Where there's the mm -hmm. seven sins, all slanesh. Like yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah. Well, except for greed. Well, you could argue. I thought about this recently because it's not even right, but like corn is wrath, very obviously. Uh, Nurgle is kind of um, he's mostly sloth because it's the the stagnation, right? Zinch is like is pride, a lot of pride, but but gluttony, lust, uh, and envy, that's all that's all Slanesh. <laughs> so like I was, yeah. I was thinking yeah. about th that's that's good. I'm just thinking more of like um been listening to some some stuff, you know, prepping up for this. Uh and one of the big things is like the walk through Slanesh's palace, right? Or to Slanesh's palace. Well, yeah. isn't Slanesh's palace actually referred to as like yeah. the, the palace of sin or something? Yeah. Like that? The, well, it, it, each layer has a different temptation that you have to get through, and it's just like they go for all the big ones: the sensual, the food, anything you can imagine. Like each layer is just like okay, if you but if you fall for that, then boom, your soul belongs to Slanesh, and they slowly eat you. I well, mean. I I, I understand that this is this is a god of you know sex and hedonism and shit, but man, the fan art for um, Slanesh is dirty. Oh yeah, the oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Slanesh is the the, the <laughs> it's, uh, it's Captain Crunch. Oops, all titties. Like, that's that's, that's how like Slanesh gets a lot of you know converters because if you're the god of sex, then that's a pretty easy sell. So. And here's how I put it to anyone's like, haha, Slanesh is the god of sexy stuff. It's like, yes, but you realize that Slanesh's idea of sexy stuff is degloving your penis. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. there's there's some fan art of that. That's yeah. the kind oh, of no, stuff no. Slanesh well, any, is into. Anything you can think of that's excess, Slanesh oh, is the shit. god of We, we had our whole conversation shit. about the... Sorry, what? Uh, no, sorry, I'm saying... This person has been fashioned into a harp. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the models. It's sorry. Awesome. Yeah. Damn. We, we had we had our whole conversation about the Dark Eldar, and the reason why the Dark Eldar are the way they are is because Slanesh is like, "You're doing good. You keep doing like that, and I won't take your souls." It's a Hellraiser. <laughs> Just keep being awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the entirety of <laughs> of Slanesh's favorite thing, the movie Hellraiser, just. Take that yeah, and times by like ten. <laughs> but there's also, you know, bright colors to the point that it hurts to look at. Sounds to the point it makes your ears bleed. Like anything in the extreme, <laughs> extremism. Yeah, so, yeah, anything to the extreme. Because yeah. sensory overload. Yeah, well, slush is uh, slush is a big thing. Lust, pride, self indulgence, just anything over the top. And what's unique about Slanesh is that Slanesh is depicted as androgynous or hermaphroditic or beautiful woman, beautiful man. It doesn't Slanesh matter. Slanesh will look like whatever you think is sexy. <laughs> yes. That's, and yeah. Slanesh but is, also it, has crab hands. Probably. Yeah. yeah. There's the crab But Slanesh the is crab kind hands of because uh, <laughs> That's Slanesh crab. is he, they, them, her, it, she, whatever it feels like. Pronouns. It's like she thirst because it's such a great three-word title. I agree, I, and that's why I, I typically refer to, you know, I use the goddess term because everyone else is definitively a god, and Slanesh is like, today I feel like... And that's such a nice... That's such an interesting touch that I like, you know, that helps, uh, makes them stand apart and be different. That model. Dude, that model's so metal. Sorry, I did, I'm only now looking at the Harp Man model. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thor has that one. It's really good. Oh, here's a painting of it. Yeah, no, Slanesh is just... Sacred number six. 
Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is this is captivating my brain. Uh, so Slanesh will do that. Be, be wary, Chris. That's how you fall to heresy. Is looking at Slanesh pictures. No, Chris. <laughs> come into the heresy. It's fine. The no, water's great. Don't. Oh God, this one's covered in jizz. Yeah, that sounds oh, right too. Oh, yeah, my that goodness. Seems... Yep. Welcome to the fanboy. See, Slanesh will bring you with like, oh, you want to be a little kinky, and then two hours later, you're like, you have in your own arm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, Slanesh is yeah dirty, dirty. No. <laughs> it's, it's very easy for that to override all the other things. Because again, like Slanesh's yeah. followers, one thing that the that Slanesh will do, we kind of talked about this, is give them like lots of eyes, but not for the same reason that Zinch does that. Like Zinch does that because it's like kind of symbolic of like knowledge stuff. Slanesh does that so you can just see everything oh. and like have tons of ears so you can just hear everything and your skin will become super sensitive and, and well clinicians like big way of converting people is they they find artists and they whisper and they act like a muse and they just kind of keep driving them to that level of insanity till they are so far gone kind of like a drug addict they're like ah now i have you lots of drugs well, yeah because like Ulrich said too like the the pleasure plants like one of the biggest things there's a story that i remember there's an artist that would like paint the best paintings like the imperium has ever seen and then just throw them out the window because it wasn't good enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's how Slanesh gets in. The perfection. That seek, that perpetual drive of, we'll just try a little bit harder and then maybe you'll have it. So yeah, uh, uh, claws and crab claws. Those are the demonettes. They appear masculine, feminine, androgynous, hermaphroditic. But the big thing they all have in common is bright colors and big old crab claws. Yep, time for crab. So the point, the, the the main point to take away from here, the Eldar done fucked up. Oh, and wicked fast. Like that is Slanesh's whole thing. Oh, Slanesh God. moves so... at speeds you can't comprehend. Yeah. yeah. So by the way, we didn't kind of mention it, but like on the tabletop, corns, de corns, demons are very like fast hitting and melee. Uh, the Nurgle's demons are very slow but very hard to kill. Zinch is a lot of spells, Welcome a lot of magic, and Slanesh is like corn. But more so, faster, hits about so, as hard, but more fragile. Yeah, the, the things that I've seen for most of it, at least, and I haven't seen Slanesh lately, but Slanesh had, like, really, really good, like, charge ranges. Yeah. Get, getting across the board real fast. Oh, yeah. No, the combat, Slanesh is a glass hammer on the tabletop and kind of yeah. in the lore. But no, Slanesh is really cool. There's a, a book where some space marines have to fight... Uh, Demons and demons of Slanesh, and there's this great point they're talking about like the guardsmen are clawing their eyes out and tearing their ears off. And these Marines who are kind of sexless, like, there is an innate beauty to this I can't comprehend because I don't possess that, but I know what's going on here to these guardsmen. They're just being so overwhelmed with everything. So we got to deal with the problem. <laughs> now, I admit, I don't know anything about the Keeper of Secrets, but it's weird to me that that would be the greater demon of Slanesh and not like of Zinch. Well, so, so the Keeper of Secrets is the Keeper of uh, People's Secrets. Not uh, yeah. Okay. And that's kind of, that's the big demons. They, they have different forms. Uh, but their whole big thing is they learn what you most desire. And that's how they offer up to you like, hey, Chris, you really want the Red Sox to win the World series so if you sell me your soul i can, I make, can make it happen, happen. <laughs> don't do that to me <laughs> <laughs> i mean this whole conversation feels like uh like chris might be a little slanesh tempted just a little bit <laughs> so... no i mean <laughs> i i can i can have red socks and and crab sex okay 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> you can you can live the Dark Souls. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, this um, God damn. <laughs> I've just been scrolling down a terrible dark black hole of fan mm-hmm. imagery, yeah. and no, it is so not good. Cue the scene from Community. I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. So well, there's 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 that. My Little Pony involved. No, uh, no, <laughs> no. But Slanesh fan art and Dark Eldar fan art are going to take you to the darkest corners of this community. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe oh, yeah. maybe we move on from that before. Uh, All right. Before well, my we're, brain we're, does something. Or wow, we're almost we're almost done. So um, real quick before we move on, uh, what is your thoughts on Slanesh? <laughs> I mean, I can see why. Slanesh has lots of fans. <laughs> um, no, this this it, it, it's it's very unique and it it taps into um it taps into a side of fandom I I don't think I've seen really uh, personified in anything I've seen in Warhammer yet. You know this 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 gets a whole different niche group of people in. Mm-hmm. You know that's why I really like Slanesh and I do feel like it just gets buried under the ha 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 sexy god. I'm like, no, there, there's more to it than just that. No, it's like, it's like, you know, Marilyn Manson, you know, and stuff like it, it has that yeah. vibe to yeah. it. That and, yeah. and there's nothing, you know, it's a whole different, leather. what was that? It said lots of leather. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, and yeah, it's, it's different. Um, And I, I can see it bringing in, it, it it's representing a whole group that you know Warhammer was very you know rah rah like fight like masculine over overhaul you know and this is very much more like you said it brings in the androgynous and the and and the sexual and the you know the the HR Giger type of stuff is definitely yep. here. you What's know everything's gonna look like tits and dicks everywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like. In, in other hands, or maybe not in other hands, but I think it's easy to look at Slanesh and be like, oh, this might just be, like, objectification. But I feel like the lore and the art goes a long way to be like, you're supposed to be kind of turned on by this, but also repulsed. I know. So, aroused. The imagery I'm seeing, the imagery I'm seeing that isn't, you know, creepy fan art, um, it, it represents, like, what you just said. It has a... It has a, it, it, it's not objectification. It's, this is like, that's in the look to draw you in because this God uses their power. These images are very powerful and scary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, no, this is dangerous. It has the Cenobite look to it. It's like, um, oh, what's going on with that thing? Oh, God is ripping my flesh no, off. The, there is <laughs> a lot of official Slanesh art like from 40K, but the stuff there is, is disturbing as hell yeah, one of the I'll ones talk. that I, I i always stick out in my mind is a guy with a demonette licking a guy's face and just peeling the skin off yep. with her tongue yep. for, for the record too so i've made it very clear before that i i orcs are my army but my other army because i have two that i'm i haven't started collecting this one yet but i'm going to as soon as the models are available it's called the adepta sororitas or the sisters of battle and in the lore they tend to get turned to slanesh a lot. <laughs> Only be, well, they used to, and that was because of pervy fan reasons. Yeah, and luckily they've gotten better at that recently. But <laughs> oh, yeah. there is a lot of pervy fan stuff going on here. Well, yeah, now they, uh, no, now they he... deny the witch on every model. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, so yes. Yeah, so, no, uh, we're gonna gonna wrap up here pretty soon. But these four gods are literally like they are the most important. I've got one more entity to mention. 
but it's not really the same kind of thing. Oh, and yeah, only, that guy exists. Yeah, I'm only mentioning this because it's there's been a... Me and Ulrich literally fought about whether to include for, Yes, this. for the record, I am opposed to the inclusion of this god, but I stand by the ruling of the people, even if people are stupid. Yeah, so we yeah. talk about this. Okay. We, we argue about whether to include it, and then... And then Org was like, we need arbitration. I'm going to go on Twitter and see what the community thinks. And the community voted that this god is canon, well, but yeah. he is a minor god. That's the key thing. And the only reason that matters is that he's basically above regular demons and, and greater demons, but well below the, the major gods. Yeah. So, But he's, he's the dumb. <laughs> The idea is he's supposed to be, like, kind of growing in power. And there was a, a while in 2013 where there was a lot more hints that he was going to be a big thing, but that kind of didn't happen. So Yeah, I would like to say then he, until things flush out a little bit more for him, he feels like like he's a chaos primarch, kind of. Yeah, so I'm going to real oh, quick. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to real quick just go through this. His name is Malice. Now, the reason why this is so iffy is because originally in Warhammer Fantasy, there was a god named Malal, who was the same thing, but there was a weird copyright thing that happened, so they used the name Malice to get around that, but they still were trying not to push it, because there's a whole lot of weird, like, real-world stuff that happened, but within the world of 40k, Malice is an entity that is, keep in mind, again, nowhere near the actual main Chaos Gods, but he's known as the Renegade God, the Outcast God, uh, the Hierarch of Anarchy and Terror, he doesn't have positive and neutral aspects. Or, sorry, he doesn't have positive and negative aspects. He has just neutral because his aspects are anarchy, meaningless destruction, and hatred of all, including the self. Whereas, like, Korn is like, I can hate you and kill you. Malice is like, I can hate me and kill everything. So, yeah, so he's like a high schooler. Yes. <laughs> Kinda. His, Kinda. So because yeah. of his opposing god is all. He, he literally, since he's driven by anarchy and meaningless destruction, he does not take part in the great game like the like the main four chaos gods. He wants everything to be destroyed, including them, including himself. Uh, his sacred number is 11. He feeds primarily on hate and spite. Spite's a big one. So he, uh, he doesn't have nearly as much the same presence, which is why over canon. Uh, he's, but he's been in supplemental material since third edition. So anyway, he, he doesn't have enough though to go into like demons or realm or anything. There just isn't enough about that. There is a, a legion uh, of, of worshipers that show up in the stories every now and then that like is what he comes through. And that's, those were the stories about him. So again, we don't have to spend too much time talking about him at all, but it's just kind of worth it to put his name in your brain because he fills this kind of void, or he fills this kind of space in the Warhammer lore that certain other entities have filled in the past and then became, like, big. Like, we talked in the Eldar about uh, Yiniad, the Eldar god of the dead. Well, Yiniad, up until pretty recently, filled basically the same kind of space that Malice did, but for the Eldar. And is now a sick model for the Yanari. <laughs> yeah. So, because Malice has stuck around, they've never, like, gotten rid of Malice, and they always give, like, even as early as last year there were video games that like name drop malice very specifically it's just important to recognize that malice exists but it's not a big player yeah, at all the, in the, in the, the thing is is malice to me right now is until they do something with him he i don't enjoy the fact that he is now like this uh embodiment of all the chaos things and i hope then he doesn't end up like the bit of the fantasy that I read for Malal, right? Malal or, is the fantasy. Yeah. Guy, yeah. Where like he is 
I am all of the gods at the same time. Yep. Because that's kind of boring in my that, That's why I don't like he's half baked Games Workshops holding on to the copyright because they fought so hard to get it, but they're not doing anything with it. And he's dumb and he's half baked. And he exists. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the dumb. I don't think he's dumb. I just. Think... I'm the god of hate and spite. La di da di da. Murder go burr. The important thing about him is, from a lore standpoint, is that he is destruction for destruction's <laughs> sake. His his worshippers uh, destroy things for like. Just whereas yeah, whereas like corn might be like kill and bloodshed for its own sake. Malice is more like make things no longer exist, no matter what they are. Buildings, ships, planets, anything. Just make it not exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, don't. Okay, He's getting does it better. The pyramids boring. Yeah. Anyway, you're like boring. Said, there's not enough details to go any further into him, but just put that, have that name in your mind as like a separate thing. So okay, take, take up space. He drinks white claws. Like, <laughs> yeah. space. No, ah, no, there we go. He gets, he gets mentioned, and not any other minor gods, because there are technically other minor gods in chaos but none of them have the same kind of presence he does like most of them are one shots but malice has been appearing over and over again for the last 20 years in supplemental material so he's he gets special mention for that yeah Anyways. so that basically brings us to uh the end i mean we've been talking for about an hour and tw uh, 16 minutes if i'm looking at this correctly yeah and, and those are the uh the, the primary chaos gods and when we talk about the forces of chaos it's anything that is underneath or derived them. from one of these derived from one of these beings they're all That's cool in their own right yeah no it's super cool i i can't wait to start encountering them side note real quick just because of everything we said what are your thoughts on malice just because for all the other ones so I mean, it, it seems intriguing. I, I can agree with Ulrich on saying, you know, it it feels half-baked, you know, it, but I, you know, it'd be cool to have a fifth one that kind of can break the mold of what's already been established. You know what I mean? If, if they do it well. Yeah, I think it's very likely that they will eventually do something big with him, but well, that's... Sub, uh, I was going to say, wasn't it, weren't they doing like a, a big book or something like that with the sons here soon well last year they came up with a novel uh katia stands that devoted five oh, entire... it's all about katie okay. yeah it devoted five entire chapters to malice's followers so yeah. that was like one of the big things that made him come back into the conversation so yeah, I, I don't know man <laughs> yeah but anyway like i said don't even talk anymore about him i was just curious your thoughts so no it's awesome so uh which one was the coolest chris well now that we finished the conversation what are your overall thoughts <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I'm being led, aren't I? No, yes, you are. They, they, <laughs> they all—they all have really cool things about them. Um, you know, I, you know, Corn just has that classic, like I think demon. This is what I think, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, Papa Nurgle is um, disgusting, and I—I'm I'm a huge fan of of Todd McFarlane imagery. Um, he can't write stories to save his life, but <laughs> but I've always but I've always been a huge Spawn fan. Um, just the imagery I think is is incredible, and um, Nurgle's stuff really reminds me of like the Mel Bolgia, um, and uh, um, clown imagery. You know that pestilence and disgusting. Yep. Um, I I it's it's cool imagery, and and I 
you know, I'd be intrigued. I, yeah, I'm eventually going to have to paint my, um, my librarian and, uh, and start cause you know, my friend went to games workshop museum in the UK and brought me back, uh, before I ever started doing this with you guys, uh, the, one of the librarians from the Horus heresy and, uh, that'll be my first model. So I'm going to have to put that together and paint That's it. And awesome. then, yeah. and so then who we asked Chris last time. And so far the army that he's most interested in is Admech. Yes. We'll... Oh yeah. Admech is amazing. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you seen but, the um, fast attack? Yeah. Slanesh um, Slin- Slinesh, um, turns me on and scares me. So we're going <laughs> to move away from that. Fear <laughs> yeah. Fear. I'm a... <laughs> This is a protest in fear boner. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, what was the other one that wasn't the minor one? Oh, uh, Malice. no, no, Zinch. He's talking about the other you said and Zinch. The minor no, one. He said that wasn't the minor one. <laughs> oh, okay. No, but Zinch, <laughs> I, I, Zinch is the most like different from all the imagery I've seen, and that draws me in a lot. Um, and I just love, I love the Skeksis and I love Dark Crystal. And this is like high fantasy imagery to me, what I see in him. So that it draws me in a lot. Yeah, at some point, if we ever get to talk about the demons, it, there's a really awesome Lord of Change that is my favorite model on the board named Kyra's the Fate Weaver. I've seen uh, him. This is right now the time to talk about it. I've, I've seen the, him. Yeah, he is so cool. So this man's was, uh, remember what I was saying, Zinch has the, the oscillating this is my favorite sorcerer of the month, right? Yeah. So this guy gets all the way through his tower, meets Zinch at the the Ocean of Knowledge. It has a bunch of different names, but it is everything that can and everything that has already been done, right? And Zinch is like, I don't want to go in there. So he yeets this man into the pool. <laughs> and when he comes out, he looks like what he looks like now. Like crazy bird, man. And <laughs> Two-headed bird, man. About like. it is the right head knows every possible future that's going to happen, and the left head knows everything that's happened in the past, no matter what, like, eidetically. But the problem is, is he can't perceive the present, oh. so they'll have conversations with themselves. And He's Zinch, trying to triangulate. <laughs> right, and then Zinch tries to, like, pinpoint what's going on through the warp into the materium to make things happen. It's really interesting. At least for me. <laughs> I see this really amazing paint job on Kairos Fate Weaver where they like it's super like almost like rainbow. It's such a cool paint scheme. Let me send it to you guys. So another cool thing about this whole conversation, and this is a little less true recently because uh, of what Games Workshop has done the last couple of years, but historically demons and chaos are a good army to collect because most of the time you can use the models in both the fantasy and the sci-fi versions of the game in Warhammer and Warhammer 40k because they don't change between them. And it's a little different. Arcana. Yeah, it's a little different lately, but that's one of the, so like Kairos Fate Weaver, when you get him, he's coming he comes in a Warhammer fantasy box, but you can use him in 40k. Yep. Because, that's interesting. Uh, because well, like they said earlier, uh the way that warp works is a different dimension and timeline and all sorts of crazy stuff and then they made space marines in age of sigmar for some reason <laughs> why money 
because Space Marines sell. I yes, mean, they you're do. Right, but mm. I don't like the Stormcast either. But it's totally because Space Marines sell. For the yeah. record, I'm just starting to kind of get into Warhammer Fantasy, and I like the uh, the the mushroom trolls. <laughs> oh yeah, they're so cool. Trogoths. I can buy three Citadel miniatures for a dollar. The flamers <laughs> of Zinch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just happened to come up on on my search. I'm like, that's cheap. <laughs> More Zinch boys. Let's go. Yeah. So, cool thing about this having this conversation now is that. In the book, in the book club, we're really starting to get into the meat of horror oh, heresy stuff. God, that second book is so fucking good. <laughs> but it means that you'll, with with this knowledge, you should be able to, uh, within a certain degree of accuracy, pinpoint under what chaos god any given chaos entity that shows up belongs to. You know what I mean? Yes, so, correct. So that that's what I was going to say. I was trying to pinpoint what was going on with Samus. Samus falls under Chaos Undivided because there are we didn't really talk okay. about that, but there are demons that exist outside the realm of the four major chaos gods because the four major chaos gods, their emotions, they, they kind of cast off, you know, their greater and lesser demons. But because the warp is fueled by emotions and thoughts, uh, lesser demons spring up. And basically, there's there's a book it'll talk about, but there's a person traveling in the warp and they start thinking about a thing with teeth. And the demon sees on that because, okay, now I have a mental image and now I am a thing with teeth. Yeah, I would say oh. most most demons, like by a vast majority, are going to fall under the gods. But so because the gods are engaged in, we've mentioned a couple times, the great game, which is just what they call their movements against each other to try to get advantages against each other and gain power over each other. Have, but have it, you ever seen the movie Trading Places? No, yes. I haven't. Yeah. So, so it's Parts of it have not aged well. No, and they haven't, but when you say the great game, I just picture the Chaos Gods as those two guys, like, yeah, betting on the dollar. Guys. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but every now and then, uh, and this is very rare, but in the lore, every now and then, something happens that is important enough for the Chaos Gods to pause the great game and deal with it together. Yeah, and, and Zinch is usually the one that organizes it. Yeah, because he's the one, he's the planner, essentially. I was going to say, so. too, that uh, it's like the guy I sent you when uh, Orc was talking about there's occasionally that that other greater demon that's trying to be more than that. Mm. Uh, I forget his name. It's something the gold. It was a Slanesh guy. And he got a bunch of planets to start believing in him and make gold statues. Mm. And he was also trapped in the Immaterium, and then he, like, was using the statues to like rule these planets and then Slanesh gave him the good old high five stop it <laughs> anyway, my, Don't. my point being is that when they team up to do that it's called chaos undivided and there are some worshippers who even when the chaos gods aren't working together they just worship chaos in a general in a whole, sense understanding so, each god for what they are yeah they're really cool chaos <laughs> is awesome there is going to be one figure I will not name who is very very important in the books who is a chaos undivided person? So <laughs> there's a couple. Yeah, technically, yeah, already... I think I know who you're talking about. So yeah, what's this last page on here that just says redacted? Oh, uh, it's a joke by Ulrich because me and him had our fight about whether or not to include Malice from oh. the Doc. So <laughs> also, there's the fact that uh, this whole document, because you see, it's redacted by order of the most whole his most holy inquisition so if uh if inquisitors heard us talking about chaos like this uh they would murder us for heresy yeah so, oh yeah, good 
because <laughs> there are no me. such thing as demons. They don't exist. There are none. A vast yeah. majority of the Imperium is not aware that chaos is a thing. The Inquisition tries very, very hard to keep information about chaos from being widespread because if people don't know about it, then they can't worship it. Yeah, and essentially belief breeds them. Yeah. Yeah, which then breeds them even more. Yeah. I didn't, say the, I didn't say the Inquisition was, like, perfect. I was just saying this is what they think. So. No, they're definitely not perfect. <laughs> a guy can just show up and be like, this planet is just full of heretics. <laughs> well, how do you know that, uh, Inquisitor? Uh, yes. Hey, we'll, we'll talk about that when we do our Inquisition slash I, for episode. one, think the Inquisition is a perfect government body that should not be questioned in any way. They've never done them. anything wrong. They yes. cannot do anything wrong. They act with the holy right of the emperor. So they're oh, full. All hail the Inquisition. The Inquisition is We're right. all loyal subjects of the emperor. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. Chris, hide the crab claws. Crab claws? <laughs> what are you talking about? Crab claws did you, guys, did you guys ever watch The Critic? Yeah. A little... When his boss, Duke, ended up with that giant Duke robot statue outside his office. All <laughs> hail Duke. Duke hey, is life. All... And then the seagulls flew in the mouth. <laughs> all it takes right now is for uh, an Inquisitor to look at your browser history, just as slight as it is, and boom, you're a heretic, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-oh. That's why the Chaos Gods are pretty cool. <laughs> at least they don't just execute you for literal no reason. Perspective. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know. We could literally keep uh, BSing indefinitely, but this is basically we, we covered everything I want to cover. Uh, unless nice. all, uh, Ulrich, Wretched, you guys have more to cover? Yeah. Uh, I, I, when you guys get to talking about things that I have been trying to like not fall through the ice on the whole time, that'd be great. I think when we get to your army specifically, I will I will reach out to you. That would be fantastic. I am so happy to talk about them. They're <laughs> the best. Orc? Yeah, I got nothing except they're not. No, no. They're not the <laughs> All right. Look, man. Just because you don't have cool phases doesn't be. Okay, okay. I... No. So this, this has been awesome. Um Wow. So more Warhammer talks with the Geeks with Shields and Wretched to come. Um, thank you guys so much, all, all three of you, for joining. And now is the time where I'll give you guys a chance to tell people about what you do. And Wretched, if you have things you need to point people to, please use this as a chance to do that as well. Uh, I would just say Kill Team. Like, let, let's keep it going. It's uh, the cheaper Warhammer. It's a lot of fun. Just need a box. Yeah, for, for anyone who doesn't uh, know, if, you're, if you've been listening to this and you were like, hey, Warhammer's kind of interesting. How do I get started in it as, as far as the game is concerned? Just Google Warhammer Kill Team. Kill Team is a, a way to play the game where you only need five to ten models, Ooh. maybe. Yeah, and it, it's fun. It, it'll get your, uh, it'll scratch the itch. Yeah, and if you decide to fall down the rabbit hole of more... You always can. Yeah, it's a great way to start because you can start playing the game after only buying like one box of models. Like our, our buddy uh, Woundvog, he bought a box of Harlequins, six Harlequins. That's it, and that's enough to play match yeah, kill there, team. There's your kill team right there. Nice. Anything, anything else, Richard? You get to plug? Oh no, that that's it. I, I don't really plug things. I just came here because you were like. I'm talking about chaos. I'm like, I like those guys. They're pretty cool. All right. Well, then, uh, as far as far as our stuff is concerned, Ulrich's better at it at, at this than I am. So go, Ulrich. 
yeah, if you liked us and you wanted to, you know, hear our things, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast. We cover all things geeky, nerdy, and everything in between. And if you're like, wow, I really dug that 40K stuff, well, then check out our new and upcoming podcast, Geeks of Grimdark, where we just talk all about 40K with people that, you know, are part of the 40K community. And not just 40K, though. Age of Sigmar, Horus Heresy, Warhammer Fantasy, The Works. All right. Yeah. Yes, well, Geeks with Shields are great friends of mine, and um, since it's newer, even when this comes out, you got to listen to my my Muppets uh, Pillars of Geekdom. That is one of the funnest guest spots I've ever had. Um, I just I just unloaded on that one. I I loved it. Super glad to hear that, man. And we love yeah. having you, and we love that you have us on your show for the was it the sixth time. I still yeah, love it. it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna keep happening. Good, I love it. Well, so I um, come on and uh, rant. So <laughs> no, of course. So so thank you guys so much for being here and shooting the shit with Chippa, and thank you all for listening. And we will be back soon with more guests and with more Warhammer talk with these fine gentlemen. So have a great night, guys. <laughs>